This is the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast. And we're back! On the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast, I have to tone it down. I'm too excited right now because it's uh, it's uh, it's Holy Week. It shouldn't be that happy, right? It should be more penitential. I guess. And the Tim Man's here. Now... Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know what you're thinking, dear listener. Of course, it should be Dr. the Reverend, Right Reverend, His Honorable Bo Bonner. I doubt that. But, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, Bo's, uh, you know, he's got a job and everything, and Tim and, you know, Tim's just here, so here we go. I think for Holy Week, the listener probably doesn't want the dissimulation and faux intellectualism of, you know, he's not even a doctor. I don't know if you know that. He calls himself Dr. Bo Bonner, but he does not have a PhD or even a veterinary license. The man is not a podiatrist. That's all true, except for the part where you said he calls himself a doctor. You call him a doctor. Well, I'm sure I must have heard him say it. Or I made it up. Right. Well, whatever. Whatever. Whatever, as my daughter would say. So, uh, it's, uh, it's Holy Week. A uh, smarter man than I would have probably discussed Lenten viewing at some point, you know, before the end of Lent. But here we are. I had to get to important things like Mad Max. Well, and you also got the point of view from this this podcast is going to live forever. Yeah. And future generations and future lengths to come. Wait, forget it. Fatima's happening in May. That's right. Really uh, it's, not, it's not looking good. World War Three is trending. So uh, get the Lenten viewing in while you still can. But World War Z, I give only two the Tim Mans. You've never seen that, have you? I have. It's It's really despicable. Despicable. Yes, it's got the notorious Brad Arm Pitt. I like Brad Pitt. He's wonderful actor. No, he's horrible, horrible, uh, sort of a girly-faced ninny. Movie's okay. The book is supposed to be much more interesting. I've only skimmed it. I've not finished it. Yeah, I ain't never heard of a book. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, this is totally irrelevant, which is what you're going to get. We're going to do a very brief podcast that's just going to give you some Lenten viewing because, you know, when it's uh, when it's Good Friday, you probably really shouldn't be watching the Smurfs or, or whatever, you know. Although the Smurfs is pretty funny. No way. It's communist. Oh, okay, go ahead. I've never heard this one. Okay, the Smurfs are communists. Okay, it's it's evident. So you've got this red-hatted, bearded Ho Chi Minh figure who dominates the community. There's no money. They have no money. Uh, there's no individual initiative. When any Smurf does something on their own, they fail horribly, and they realize it's safer in the collective. Gargamel, of course, is the capitalist uh, figure <laughs> who's trying to oppress the workers. And, of course, they only have one chick in the whole colony, and... I don't even want to speculate. And that's why God called me to start a podcast, because I would have gone my entire life without hearing this theory otherwise. Yeah, I wrote about it in college back in my uh, pre-libertarian uh, slash Catholic monarchist mishmash days. Wonderful theory. Thank you. I'll never uh, be able to enjoy that movie or cartoon again. It's horrible. Indeed. So let's talk about some movies that aren't horrible. Lenten movies. What makes a good uh, uh, Lenten viewing selection? Should well, it be somewhat painful? Well, <laughs> can you laugh during it? I don't know. There could be no humor, right? No, I mean, obviously, you know, we'll talk about The Passion of the Christ, which is the Lenten movie par excellence, because that, if, if, you're, if you're not, maybe if you've seen it a hundred times, you can get through it without weeping, although there are still two scenes in that movie that it cannot get through without weeping. But if you weren't moved by that on your first viewing, then... You ain't got no heart or soul, as Bob Dylan would say. 
Yeah, uh, I watched it the first time in the theater, and I think I've discussed this before on the podcast, where people are just munching popcorn as our savior's being killed. And I did. it did not affect me. It was just made me, I was like, what am I doing here? That kind of thing. So when I finally watched it my first time, you know, in, in the quiet of my own home, I, I, it helped me more than almost, I mean, like, the writings of the saints, some people like, like, uh, Emmerich and the mystics things like that to me it's on that level as far and i know it's based on that somewhat as far as bringing to my mind in a very real way allowing me to meditate on the passion it was it's wonderful i still like when i think of the mysteries of the the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary i think of images from that movie it's that powerful to me right and if and it it really it's going to define the way we think about the passion for a generation of people and that's the power of the movies as you would say but um uh, you know, to me, it, it, for whom meditation or contemplative prayer is, is more difficult, um, the thing that first affected me, the very first time they struck Jesus, uh, that just shocked me in a way I, I, I just couldn't imagine. Just to visualize, I mean, you know our Lord was beaten and mocked and, and uh, all the rest, but to see it, it was a shock, total shock. What do you make of the people who say it was uh, too violent? Uh, I think these people are in charge of major universities these days. They're Hillary voters. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they wear water wings in their backyard pool. That's all I can say. All righty. So, yeah, obviously that's recommended. I want to touch on another of your favorite subjects uh, since we're talking about Lenten viewing. Of course, the movie The Way, perhaps your favorite movie of all time, or at least your most watched movie of all time. I think it's fine Lenten viewing, and uh, it certainly stirs the heart to, to contemplate what's it all about. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, we had this uh, podcast about it, so if you're at home listening to this and haven't heard that podcast, you may want to go revisit it. I think it was our best podcast of all of them. Was it? Tied with all of them. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, I, I love that movie because I just have this deep desire to do the pilgrimage and have been to Spain many times and enjoy that everything about that country, especially the the Spanish piety, which is very dramatic and tactile, and uh, there's a lot of weeping Marys and bloody Jesuses, and the, and the people who survived that civil war, you know, the last crusade, as Warren Carroll called it, uh, They, I mean, there's still an ember of it there in Spain that hasn't completely died out, so yeah, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a great thing to contemplate that way. And one of one of my, I mean, I do, I, I like the movie, and the more I think about it, the more I like it. I, I should revisit it actually very soon. But um, one of my complaints about that movie was that it was a little too uh, glossy, or it felt a little too contrived, I guess. Uh, I wanted to briefly mention something that was brought to my attention recently, just a more do-it-yourself take on the way. Um, there's a Catholic filmmaker named Aaron Dooley who made a movie about her journey on the way called The Way to Forgiveness. And apparently she was, uh, she'd been married and her husband was divorcing her. And the movie's kind of a uh, travelogue of her uh, journey on the way and her journey to trying to come to grips with this event in her life and, and to forgive her husband. And, uh, it, I mean, it's not, a, it's not exactly, you know, like a, a Michael Bay production or anything, but it offers a useful perspective not only on the Camino, but also on... Just you know how we how we forgive others generally. Uh, yeah, I think it's um, I mean it's a good effort. It sparks some discussion on what forgiveness means. I I I, um, I you know it's I think it could have stood some more 
travel logging this just from the point of view of knowing where she was along the route. So, you know, I'm kind of a way geek for someone who hasn't gone on there. And so I could tell by which day she was in the scene yeah. and where she was and yeah, you are what the, was going on. You are the world's foremost Camino expert who has, who has never been on the Camino. That's right. That's right. That's an important distinction, which means I'm just a complete And poser. the distance between you and Joey Santiago, the second one. <laughs> Joey Santiago. Yeah, we're good friends. Uh, is considerable. So what I'm saying is like, I could tell by what day. I mean, it would have been nice just to have a little more like here's where I was on this day and that day. But yeah, it, as, a, as a think piece on, on the topic of forgiveness, it was a very useful effort. Yeah, if you're interested in watching it, uh, you can just Google oh, the way to forgive, or is it a way to forgiveness or the way to forgiveness? Yes. It's a way to forgiveness, and you, you'll find it. It's actually available. I think you can order it on DVD. It's also on Vimeo. Um, it's, you know, it's only 45 minutes. It's not a, a considerable time investment. If you're interested in um, just seeing one woman's perspective on, on how on coming to grips with that difficult matter, which is very, you know apropos with Amoris Letizia and all the other things going on in the church. What's that? Or if you're interested in, um, you know, the Camino, you should check it out. Uh, but I did want to say, I, I know that the point of her movie was not a travelogue. That is definitely right. what it is not. So no. don't go in wanting that. If you're no. wanting more of that type of perspective, there was another documentary about the way that we were discussing. What I don't remember the, the title of it. Yeah, it was very interesting, a, too. This is when I saw off of Am You can get on Amazon. Um... Uh, it's called Six Ways to Santiago, Walking the Camino. And it, as you can imagine, covers six different pilgrims or groups of pilgrims. And, you know, it gives a more point of view of how it changed each of them and what they were going through. And it's more of a, it's a third person view as opposed to a first person narrative. And so uh, I enjoyed that because it has the perspective of an explicitly religious pilgrimage, a complete, you know, hippie new age person i mean it's trying to reach out to everybody lost in this modern morass mm -hmm. and so there's something that you can take over plus you get a lot of good views of what the camino is actually like if you're thinking of doing it so yeah so watching the uh a way to forgiveness documentary made me and you sh you know we discussed that made me want to watch that one as well i'm actually going to check that out it looked really good from the trailer so that's a couple more fact-based uh, lenten viewing suggestions now we get to the meat and potatoes a couple of movies that maybe my audience has not heard of unless you're cinephiles uh, that I really like and I don't know if the Tin Man shares my like or has even seen them because as we know Tin Man does not love the movies oh, I, I love them no, 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 no. I love them you love Metropolitan what's that and I love the movies. So here's a couple movies I'm gonna throw them out there of course we did not prep this because we're amateur podcasters one it's a wonderful movie. It's ostensibly a children's movie, okay? But to me, it's maybe the second best movie that I've ever seen about the life of our Lord. It's called The Miracle Maker, okay? It stars the great, wonderful Rafe Fiennes, Fines. also known as Ralph Fiennes. Rafe Fiennes. Rafe Fiennes. Rafe Fiennes. It's spelled Ralph. Yes, it's pronounced Ray Finnis. Fine. So it stars him. It also has William Hurt. And a, and who else? The Bunch great Miranda Richardson. You've seen it? 
No, I just watched it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I showed Tim the trailer because I thought for sure that he would make fun of it. You can't it's make claim, it's yeah, claymation. You can't it's make claymation. fun of a movie about our Lord. I, at first, I was thinking this must be some sort of Mormon production, mm. but as it turns out, it looked pretty good. So I'm gonna withhold my uh, scorn. Uh, one of Tim's favorite reviewers, Stephen Gradanis, has a really good review of it at DecentFilms.com. I retract my positive statement. Uh, if you can deal with the claymation. It is a really wonderful story. Of, I mean, a really wonderful telling of the uh, Bible story. It's it's an amalgamation of you know different aspects from all the Gospels. But as far as I can tell, even if there's some minor additions or incongruities, it's very faithful to the Gospels. There's no there's no uh, going far afield here, and it's it's and, very touching. And, uh, and my think, kids absolutely love it. I would that. think that the claymation too. I mean, once you get past the genre. It, it actually works pretty well in telling the miracle stories because, of course, you can create miracles with claymation and not be God. Right. Uh, whereas, like, I mean, take a take a movie like Therese that was, you know, like everybody had high hopes for. And also fine Latin viewing. Right, and it's a fine movie, but when they try to get anything like supernatural slash miraculous, it just didn't work, and it appeared really hokey. Whereas, if you're in a, if you're in a medium where, medium where you can manipulate the reality just it, it, it looked from the trailer like it would work that way so right. I'm actually looking forward to seeing it it creates a, a distance between the reality and the retelling of it that makes it a little easier to deal with you know the passion does it in a very realistic way almost some would say too realistic uh, the gruesomeness but I think uh, you have to go all you have to go big or stay at home you know you either either take it on the cartoon claymation level or you, uh, you have to really invest to make it look realistic because if it looks hokey, it just it just ruins the whole experience. Right, it's, it's not like, gonna, it's not gonna help you meditate at all. It's like any other kind of bad religious art. Yep. It either elevates you or it, you know, is a distraction. All right. So you should watch this. It's good. And if you don't like it, don't blame me. The Tim Man. Uh, final one. I know for a fact, although you are subject to change your opinion on things. Who me? You're an open-minded man and a fickle one on some in no. some ways. No, I'm steadfast. The Tim Man is the Whim Man. That's not true. The Passion of Joan of Arc, my favorite religious movie, not named The Passion, ever. The Silent, Silent Movie. The Passion yes. of Joan of Arc. Tim, silent, your silent film. I, I, I internalize that. It, it is loved by everyone. I to me, it didn't. It didn't okay, do it. It's not loved by everyone. It's respected by everyone. It didn't do it for the Tim Man because, I gotta tell you, I mean, I know it's a silent film, and we're supposed to hear the player piano, you know, dealing its deal while the, the action's going on. But there are only so many 12 and a half second tight shots of Joan of Arc looking earnest that you can handle before you say, you know, I get it, let's move on. Perhaps I should have not let you go with your critique before I talk the movie up a bit. Okay, go ahead. I, I think it's really... Uh... I don't know if it's because it's in black and white. I don't know if it's because it's silent. And I, when I say silent, of course, back when silent movies were the thing, you know what I'm saying? Uh, they had live music playing. It's not like it was really silent. Like so, Lead Belly or, you know. Yeah, the Pixies? No. Okay, so, uh, yeah, they had si they had music playing. Of course, we don't know exactly what the music was, I don't think, for this movie. But there is, if you get the Criterion Edition, which is the only edition you should get of any movie that offers one, because they're awesome. Uh, it comes with a soundtrack that was composed by a composer whose name I know not, but uh, I think it's called Voices of Light. It's like a. It was composed specifically for the movie. It's like a, an oratorio, which I'm no, you know, I'm no music expert, but it's really great, and I think it enhances the movie. I can't really imagine watching the movie silently, 
But assuming you have that soundtrack, I'm sorry, I, I find it's a wonderful piece for meditation. It's, it's faithful, it's Catholic, and it's beautiful, I cried. It also, by the way, forewarned is forearmed, uh, has a, just an out of nowhere piece of nudity. Cool. Which you think, hey, this is from the 1920s. It's going to be a-okay to watch with my kids, why, but why it does. Why is there nudity in, uh, in it's a, It's a breastfeeding mom, but it's all, you know, it's all out there. So uh, just be prepared. It, it's it's sort of the end of the movie. So uh, Steve just took on all breastfeeding mothers. No, 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 no. I make no comment on it. I'm just saying, if you think this is 1920s, there couldn't possibly be nudity, no matter what kind, you are wrong, The sir. one thing I was really impressed with is the special effects of the... Spoiler alert, she gets burned at the stake, okay? All right, so the You know I hate spoilers. The scene where she's burned at the stake was awfully realistic. I thought it was totally cool from Mr. McGool's school, if you get my meaning. I certainly do not. Okay. Uh, Yeah, it's great. I think uh, other than the passion, that's my my fave. Any uh, any other suggestions for the peoples? Yeah, I think um, any movie that causes you to think about the realities of life and the imminence of death. Uh, It's a good movie. I think, uh, I'm going to hate myself for saying this, but for the right kind of Catholic who can handle a little little bit of the messy to get to a fine point, Magnolia is a wonderfully reflective movie about the meaning of life, our relationships, forgiveness and how we learn to come to grips with with all of the crosses that we bear it is a story about transcending suffering and loneliness and and finding peace now it's not explicitly you know catholic or about god but i mean you can't watch it as a catholic and not be moved there are many scenes especially in the beginning that involve nudity so you have to be willing to to kind of avert your eyes or get a program that will kind of kind of uh, phase them out. And the reason they do that is because one of the characters is a degenerate who eventually starts to reform. Magnolia. And it has a kick rear-end soundtrack featuring the great Amy Mann, the female Bob Dylan, if I if I may say so. Thank you. Magnolia. I'm sure we will do a podcast on Magnolia at some yeah. point before I wrap up the podcast business. Yeah. But I was kind of wanting to stay in the more explicitly religious realm. Not just the thoughtful movie round, because to me, every every movie I suggest or cover should be thoughtful and in some way helpful in the faith. Well, then you can't really think about Lent without thinking about the great Cecil B. DeMille, you know, Ten Commandments with the oh. horrific, horrific acting by, who, who's the chick? Uh, you know, Moses! Can, can, we, can we call time out here? Yeah. Yeah. We're, all, we're all friends here, right? Yeah. This isn't going to get out to the general public or anything. The Catholic movie guy has never seen the Ten Commandments. Thoughts? Uh, well, that's amazing to me. Um, it's pretty much ubiquitous. They show that movie as much as they show It's a Wonderful Life, which, which I also <laughs> claim never to have seen. I saw, right, I, I remedied that this year. And oh. I will remedy this. And I have seen it, if you mean I know, you know, I got the gist of it. I've seen parts of it, but I never sat through the whole thing. And there's also a, a very well done uh, animated version, uh, Prince of Egypt. Yeah, that that I recommend. Yeah. And that's really uh, it's not perfect, really... but it's good. No, it's not perfect, but it's it's pretty pretty good for a cartoon. My kids love that one too. Uh, I actually thought uh, a serious misstep on my part. The other, the top three would be uh, Integrate Silence, which is everything the title promises. I mean, you you talk about meditative that that qualifies. You want to know what the the monks do? That's what they does. 
It is in the monastery where we make the great chartreuse. Which, which is wonderful. Yes, it's the elixir of life, so to speak. Except and what does the, it taste like, pray tell? It, it tastes like a liquid Christmas tree with the ornaments and lights still on. Interesting Christmas tree. Yeah, and just as a final point about integrated silence, it is a lot like Lent because at the end of it, it's wonderful, but while you're going through it, you know it's a movie about silence, so you're prepared to sort of just deal with it. And then you do. And then it gets really tedious. And you know it's going to be, so you deal with that. And then it's super tedious, and you're like, how in the world can I put up with this? And eventually, finally, there's this resolution, and you're like, wow, this is what it must be like, and it's really great. And uh, in that regard, it's a lot like our podcast. It's super tedious. Bingo. How do I deal with this? The I can't get man. through it. Yeah. And then, at the end, enlightenment. Right, with the Tin Man. And the very Reverend Dr. Boo Bonner the Told third. you he said he was a doctor. Yeah? He's not a real doctor. No. Hello? Hi, sweetie. Oh, hi. It's me, the Catholic movie guy. Your husband. Hey. I'm your, I'm your wife. Seemingly. Uh... Have you ever heard of, like, Lenten movies? You know, movies you watch during well, Lent? Well, the only one that, you know, really sticks out to me that is a go-to would be The Passion, but I can't do it every year. It's, too, it's really just too emotionally draining and sad. Kind of like being married to me? The Tin Man. Oh, sweetie. No. No. Oh, that's nice. So do you like, I love you so do, I, do you like mm. being married to me? <laughs> of course I do. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> so there, there you have it. I mean, as far as being married to me, she likes it. You know, I, I, no offense. I wasn't convinced. Well, that's it. Yeah, it's that's... a short podcast because, you know, you really... Yeah, I mean, it's fine to watch these good movies uh, during Lent and during Holy Week, but really, you should be praying. Why don't you pray, you know? Stop being so lazy and go to church. Maybe you should go to the church services and pray and stop being lazy. Thoughts? Yes. Well, that is just like another movie where the main character went to church on Christmas Eve. Of okay. course, it wasn't a real church. It was Episcopal. But yeah, but I thought we were prayed. talking about Lent movies. Well, she was praying Who for her boyfriend. Tom. Well, Wait, it was Audrey Rouget. Audrey, oh no. Yes, it's Metropolitan my, from the Great Wit Stillman. Uh, you should go see Metropolitan by Wits. Podcast has ended, ladies and gentlemen. Stop being lazy. Go to church. I uh, hope you have a blessed uh, Holy Week and uh, Easter Sunday. It's a pretty big deal. So after Easter, I'm definitely going to put Tim on uh, suspension. He's been suspended for a period of one podcast. And bring the Dr. Bill Bonner back. Okay. Bill Bonner. I'm out.